It makes complete sense to me that this would appeal to not just someone who's 20, but someone who it doesn't have a lot of um, ability in the kitchen, um, because they could pick this up and find something you know, helpful and delicious to eat. And, and the, the recipes are written such that you don't have to really know anything. Welcome to Didn't I Just Feed You? A podcast about feeding us kids. Hey, this is Megan. Welcome to a reheated episode of Didn't I Just Feed You? When we reheat episodes, we take something from our archive that we feel like is still really valuable that you might have missed since the podcast has grown. We're over 200 episodes in and almost five years into Didn't I Just Feed You? We've covered a lot of ground. We recently had our friend Heather of Happy Kids in the Kitchen talking about how she gets her kids into the kitchen who are like tween to elementary age. But in 2019, we had our friend Katie Morford of Mom's Kitchen Handbook on to talk about her book, Prep, the Essential College Cookbook. And we feel like not only does Prep make a really great book, but it's a great listen if you have older kids and you're wondering about how to prepare them for getting out of the house. What are the essential recipes that they need to know? Um, And also Katie's such a great listen because she comes from a very chefy family. She has a Michelin star chef brother. And um, it's really interesting to hear her and Stacey talk about how they're growing up influenced how they got into food as adults and also how they raise their kids around food. So without further ado, Katie Morford is a food and nutrition writer with more than 20 years experience. She's been published in the New York Times, the San Francisco Chronicle, Real Simple, and Family Circle, among others. Katie is the author of Rise and Shine and Best Lunchbox Ever, as well as Prep, the Essential College Cookbook, And she writes the popular food blog, Mom's Kitchen Handbook. She lives in San Francisco with her husband. She has three daughters and one very small dog. Katie, we are in love with prep. It's so awesome. And not just for college kids or even kids. We have this whole thing about how we feel like this is also a great book for adults who haven't learned how to cook. But before we get into that, I just want to know, how did you, did you decide that there were particular skills that people needed to know or particular recipes that people needed to know as they sort of embarked on this cooking journey? You know, it's, it really kind of started with the skills. Um, and I, it actually sprang out of a blog post I wrote that was, um, the 10 cooking skills every teen should know before they leave the nest. And so that was the framework for the recipe. So I started with these sort of 10 basics that I thought were really important. And then within that, I came up with five, you know, I did a very curated list of recipes, just five recipes for each skill. And do you want to tell us, because I don't want to spoil the book, people have to go out and buy this, but what of the five skills that you honed in on do you think is the most important? Well, it's based on, you know, I can't, I mean, in terms of cooking skills, I feel like the two that pop to mind for me are tasting, you know, that thing of as you're cooking, actually tasting your food and adjusting as you go. So, you know, picking up that crouton before it goes into the oven and deciding if it has enough salt or it needs more olive oil or tasting your salad dressing and, you know, deciding if it needs a little more vinegar or lemon juice. So I think that is really important. And that's just something that comes over time. And then the other 
big skill is, you know, how to use a knife. Um, and I think a lot of people are afraid of knives, um, especially parents. And at some point, you know, we, we let them cross the street and they get behind the wheel of a car. And so at some point they need to learn how to, to pick up a knife and use it. And I think probably within that, knowing how to cut an onion is just maybe the best cutting skill in the kitchen. Yes. I'm going to ask our editor to put cheers behind that. <laughs> like claps. I mean, knife skills are so key. And I don't think that people realize that using a dull knife is actually more dangerous than knowing how to use a sharpened one or one that's been honed really, really well. No, I totally um, agree. And I, and the other thing about it is it's about efficiency. I mean, it's about safety, but it's also you know, if you know a quick way to chop an onion or cut a bell pepper or, you know, mince a shallot, it can make the job of cooking go so much more quickly. And then it doesn't feel like such a big chore. And so for me, that is such an important skill. And that's something that I love about the two skills that you honed in on. One is that it really takes efficiency and speed into account because as much as I love the conversation around slow cooking, that's just a, not practical for a whole lot of people. And B, it doesn't, not everybody wants to sit around their kitchen and cook. I mean, we all love that, <laughs> you, me and Megan, because that's what brings us joy. But, you know, for someone else that, you know, something completely out of the kitchen brings them joy or they hate cooking, but you still have to do it because it's a life skill the same way I still have to learn how to balance finances, even though I hate it. Yeah, totally. Um, and even if you, you know, even if you love cooking, you know, especially if you're a busy mom, you might have 10 minutes to get a meal on the table. So, you know, being really efficient can pay off big time. Yeah, that's right. And the other skill is that is one, the tasting is one that helps empower you to break free of recipes. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's a lot of what I, you know, talk about in this book is, you know, this is a foundation, but ultimately once you have, let's say, you know, a really simple pasta sauce down, um, then that's a springboard for lots of other things. You know, then you can add things to it. You can make meatballs to go with it. You know, you can make it your own. And, and to me, that's ultimately what cooking is about. So I noticed that in the book, you have all of these recipes that I'm like, yes, everyone should know how to make that. <gasps> yeah, that too. <laughs> how did you figure out what recipes you wanted to hone in on? Was it really about health, balance, ease, all of it? It was a combination of all of the above. Um, it was tricky because I chose just five for ch per chapter. So that was you know, challenging just to hone it down to five. And I wanted to have, so for example, you know, in the grains chapter, I wanted people to have a taste of doing a variety of things. So that was part of what drove it. I also wanted everything to be uncomplicated, delicious. And um, I really involved my kids a lot in this part of the process. I have three kids who are all teenagers and college age. So I figure, you know, they are the target audience. Um, so we did a lot of back and forth about what, you know, what they thought might make sense to be in a book like this. And, you know, they were funny. I had, you know, in the egg chapter, I had deviled eggs and they were like, mom, they were horrified. Like no <laughs> teenager is going to want to make deviled eggs. What's wrong with you? So, um, so it was, that was kind of a fun 
and enlightening part of the process. That's hilarious because I think deviled eggs are a key thing to know how to make. And I think every mom, I mean, it's every mom agrees, but not teenagers, apparently. <laughs> I love it. But their feedback actually, I think, helped you churn out a book that's really, really practical, again, even for adult cooks, because, again, deviled eggs is one of those recipes. Sure, you need to know how to make it, I think, in my opinion, <laughs> but you're going to make it maybe twice a year. You're going to make deviled eggs, right. right? But everything in this book is like, I can make this night after night, day after day. Yeah, yeah. And the book you know, teaches you how to make a hard-boiled egg. And so once you know how to do that, deviled eggs are a snap. That's true. And there's so many variations. I feel like we could have a whole deviled eggs episode. I know. <laughs> um, so were you afraid when you pulled the kids in that they might steer you towards really trendy dishes and ones that recipes that weren't as evergreen? Um, I don't know. It was, it was a conversation and they didn't, I didn't feel like, I feel like they got the concept. Um, you know, they weren't telling me to put boba tea in here and, um, things like that. But, you know, I think it's because of them that I have things in, you know, there's lots of healthy basic stuff in here, but there's also things like, you know, loaded nachos and a really good, totally not healthy chocolate chip cookie and, um, you know, uh, mac and cheese and things like that. So I think they helped me create a really good balance in the, the recipes that are in here. Yes, there's no avocado toast in this I book. I know. Scandal. <laughs> did they, <laughs> to the to the tweens it might be, um, did they suggest it? I just need to know. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we, you yeah. Know, it's, it's hard because, again, you know, with just five recipes, yeah. um, that would have gone into the snacks and little meals chapter. And instead, I did a loaded peanut butter toast because I feel like peanut butter is just such a great you know, always have it in your cupboard kind of staple. And was five recipes about keeping this manageable or was there some other factor at play there? It really, it really was. It was about, I think you can open a cookbook and it can be really overwhelming. And I wanted the idea to be, you, you look at a chapter. So let's say you look at the pasta chapter and there's five pasta recipes. They, they're run the gamut from you know, a simple tomato sauce to something like noodles with a spicy peanut sauce, you know, there's a a variety. And I wanted the idea to be, you could look at that chapter and something is going to grab your eye. And then you can make that and build confidence with it and then take it to the next one and not feel overwhelmed by, you know, 25 different pasta dishes. And where do I even start? Yeah, I totally agree. That makes it great. And I think that especially makes it great for adults who don't cook frequently or who identify as people who don't know how to cook. And that's a really big thing that we wanted to talk about with you because the official title of the book is Prep the Essential College Cookbook, right? And you might expect like ramen and all kind of like trendier or I don't want to, I don't, I'm trying to think of a word that isn't judgy. Um, Like dorm (laughs) food. Fast food, dorm food. Exactly. And it's, so not that, but as my tween, who's only 12, but still loves food, looked through this, he was like, oh, this all looks so good. And like, I can make it all. And it's, you know, delicious and simple. So I feel like this book 
is accessible to people who fall outside of college age. So I mentioned my tween, but in our recent episode on the invisible work of feeding a family, Megan talked a lot about wanting to teach her husband how to cook because she feels like she really needs some support in the kitchen. And she had already gotten her hands on your book and was like, this is perfect for him. Like all of these recipes appeal. It's simple. It's easy. And they hit her goals, which for her is about serving well-balanced meals to her family and making sure that he doesn't just heat up hot dogs night after night when it's his duty to cook. Had you thought about that at all? You know, older I, parents. It, it's, it's interesting. You know, when you write a book, you you know, you never know how it's going to be received and what people are going to think about it. And I've definitely gotten that feedback a lot um, because ultimately, I had in my head this group of teenagers and college age kids when I wrote it, and the the level of um, teaching and level of the recipes is really for a starter cook. And it's not like, quote unquote, kid food. You know, I do have some fun things in there, but it's really just real food. And so it makes complete sense to me that this would appeal to not just someone who's 20, but someone who it doesn't have a lot of um, ability in the kitchen um, because they could pick this up and find something, you know, helpful and delicious to eat. And, and the, the recipes are written such that you don't have to really know anything. So I, I feel really excited that this is, you know, might be useful for someone beyond the sort of target audience. And I have to say that I am skilled in the kitchen and I've picked up this book while meal prepping and meal planning, mm-hmm. because during the week, I just need something that my whole family will like that's well-balanced and that cooks up really quickly. So for me, it's just been a source of inspiration. You know, I might, because I cook professionally, put my own twist on noodles with spicy peanut sauce, you know, or your meatballs or your black bean soup, which actually Megan and I were talking about this recipe. Part of what we love about this recipe is that it teaches you how to prep beans and then also make a soup. So You're not just building knife skills, you're also building some essential building block cooking skills. And that was a great example of that for us. But it's like great inspiration for me for what's quick and easy when I only want to meal plan in 10 minutes or less. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they are the recipes are really meant to be simple. And I, my number one goal in the whole project was that anyone could pick up this book and they could make anything from the book and be successful. And then in, by, by being successful, then they're going to want to do another recipe. And over time, that's what creates a cook. I think so often someone who hasn't really cooked before scans the internet, finds a random recipe, it doesn't work, or they tackle something that's too complicated and then they throw their hands up and say, well, I, I don't know how to cook. And and I really wanted any person to pick any recipe and be successful. That was ultimately my goal. It's true that there's a lot of aspirational cooking and you'll get people who are like, oh, I hate cooking. And they think that the way to fall in love with it is to make that one spectacular meal that they're going to feel proud. It's going to be so delicious. It's going to be like restaurant quality. And so they do exactly what you said. They go pick some challenging recipe. Yeah. <laughs> and it doesn't quite work out. 
You know, yeah. sometimes it doesn't work out because the recipe and not because of them. And that's something that I don't think gets quite enough attention. Right. Or they're, or the recipe is written for a more sophisticated cook. Yeah. And, and something so simple, like I have a re- recipe for scrambled eggs. And on the one hand, you know, someone might think that's silly. Like you don't need a recipe for scrambled eggs. But if you follow this recipe and you make them, they're so delicious. And they're different than probably a lot of overcooked scrambled eggs that people have been eating their whole life. It's true. Culinary school scrambled eggs is like a, it's a test of your cooking prowess. They're hard to do well, but not so hard that you couldn't explain it in your book. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, ultimately it's simple if you know how to do it. Stacy, it's getting warmer and the weather has me so ready for a wardrobe update, but I want it to be for the long haul without spending a fortune. Quince is your place. It's not easy to get quality pieces that you can count on to last without investing a ton of money. But at Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I love the pieces I bought from Quince last year, too. I wear my linen pants nonstop. I'm so impressed with what I get for the price, which is 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Which means it's time to snag their 100% washable silk skirts and camis that I've been eyeing. And don't forget, Quince has the chicest accessories for great prices. Get warm weather ready with us and Quince. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y short for didn't I just feed you. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for Didn't I Just Feed You. Additional terms and conditions apply. You know, you explored some cooking skills basics. You explored some recipes that you think are need-to-know back pocket recipes. At the end of kind of exploring these different paths and bringing them together in this very accessible cookbook prep, what did you learn about cooking rules? How much do they really matter? I'll just I'll just say just off the top that I personally am not a big rule follower in the kitchen. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm not a fussy cook. I'm a busy mom. I tend to skip a lot of steps. It's interesting. My my brother is a restaurant chef, and so he has a bunch of restaurants. He has staff. He has, 
you know, dishwashers and he meticulously does everything. He peels his tomato. He's, you know, he seeds them. He salts his eggplant. He uses seven bowls to make a cake, all that kind of stuff. And his food is delicious, but that's just not the way that that doesn't work for me, you know, in my life. So generally speaking, I break a lot of cooking rules. That being said, I do think when you're starting out, um, it's a good idea to really follow recipes. Um, And then when you've got some experience under your belt, you can stray and sort of make the dishes your own and figure out what rules you can break and which ones you sort of need to stick with. I need to know, what does your brother think of your cooking? He he loves my (laughs) cooking. It's actually really cute because... You know, he's got two Michelin stars. He's been on the cover of Food and Wine magazine. Um, you know, he makes very sophisticated food, but he'll come over and I'll make him like, you know, a pan of veggie enchiladas and he acts like he's never tasted something so delicious in his life. And I think part of it is just that comfort of real home cooking. So he's, yes. he's actually really fun to cook for. Oh, that's so awesome. And what what do you think was happening in your house growing up? Did you two grow up together? Yeah. Yes. So what do you think was happening in your home that either your mom or your dad was doing that both kids, or I don't know, are there other siblings? I have a sister who uh, is also a really, she's a really good cook and she worked in restaurants sort of through high school and college. She cooked. Um, okay. So what, what were your parents <laughs> feeding you? <laughs> well, I think honestly, I mean, food was a big part of our family culture. We sat down to dinner every night you know, I was the house where I was begging my mom to buy hamburger helper because that's what my friends were eating and we were having, you <laughs> yes. know, from scratch cooking. So there was that definitely. And, but I think even more than that, it was just a very creative household. So the way she kind of kept us entertained from the time we were really tiny was just uh, being creative. And it was, it was cooking and baking, but it was also uh, arts and crafts and macrame and, you know, and anything under the sun we would, we would do. I love that. My mom was also very super chill about mess. So we were allowed to make a mess in the kitchen. I mean, we had to clean it up, but she wasn't uptight about chaos. Um, and I think that that's a useful kind of disposition when you're trying to foster creativity in your kids. And are you uptight about mess in your kitchen? I am not. I'm a really messy cook. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I'm a messy cook. I would say I'm not as chill as my mom, but I definitely, I think because of her, I recognized how important it was to sort of open the door for my kids to play. Um, And then, and and again, part of it is teaching them, um, you know, teaching them to clean up for themselves. And they're often, especially when they're little, they're terrible at it, but eventually they learn. So eventually I'm waiting for that. Eventually they learn. Got a nine-year-old and a 12-year-old. I'm I'm really waiting for that eventually. And I'm trying not to (laughs) be the one cleaning up behind them all the time. That's really hard. It is not easy. Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard. Did your kids, watching your kids cook, were there any big mistakes that they made along the way that were really informative for you? Um, Or big successes? uh, Informative for me? um, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, this is the age of the internet, these kids. And so they definitely would, I mean, I would sort of always blanch because they'd pull some random recipe off the internet. Who knows who made it, if they ever tested it. 
you know, they would be using my ingredients that were expensive, making a mess in my kitchen, and they were yep. often not <laughs> successful. And so that was a dialogue that we would we would have about being thoughtful about where you get your recipes. And if you're going to use the internet, maybe it's a source that's vetted and sort of trying to direct them. So that's something that comes to mind. And I think that's a rule, you know, something that can apply to anything when it comes to the internet, you know, whether it's nutrition information or news, of course, um, is, is sort of teaching them to be smart consumers. It's digital literacy. And I couldn't agree with you more because I know that my nine-year-old who really likes to cook much more than his older brother, he will just, he'll find videos, you know, that's what's most compelling to him still. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I want to make that sweet. And it's like, well, where did this video even come from? And then he gets really, really discouraged if it doesn't work out and he doesn't want to go at it again. And so I, you know, this all goes back to your big takeaway, which I just want to reiterate that if you have successes in the kitchen, you can build on those and you will become a better cook and you will be more motivated. So starting with a great recipe, which means knowing your sources and starting with simple recipes is so key as you're learning to cook or as you're teaching your kids to cook. I agree. Yep. And I do think, you know, they, they see all these, you know, tasty videos with all these elaborate sort of confections and they want to make them because it's pretty compelling. But I mean, rarely is that ever going to turn out the way it's shown on a internet video. So couldn't agree with you more, at least from my experience, which is pretty limited. I have to admit, I haven't cooked from tasty much. I'd much rather cook from your cookbook prep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So all three of your kids, do they like to cook? They do. They do. They're all really, I mean, it's, it's an evolution. It's not, it's not like I sat them down and, and lectured them about cooking. You know, it's just something that has evolved since they were, you know, old enough to sit in a high chair and, you know, pull stems off strawberries or or whatever task I would give them. And now they all can really, they're all really different kinds of cooks, um, but they all can really do it. So that's kind of satisfying. What are the different kinds of cooks that they are? My middle one is a big baker and always has been. Um, She can certainly cook a savory meal, but that's sort of where her heart is. Uh, My oldest and my youngest are both vegetarians. And um, Uh my youngest does lots of like really out there experimentations with hemp seeds and nut butters and cacao nibs, (laughs) some of which work (laughs) and some of which don't. And my oldest is now in college and she's cooking like these elaborate dinner parties for her friends and just having a ball and, and, you know, really sort of embracing it. So that is really fun to watch. Katie, that all sounds to me like a birth order alignment. (laughs) Does it? Totally. Oh my God, that's so funny. It so totally works. Um, but I loving, I love what you say about it being an evolution because I always talk about my younger son being more into cooking and my older son being more into eating, Uh which is true. He is more of a adventurous eater and always has been since the beginning. But just a couple of days ago, he asked to make dessert 
And I had just come home from, you know, a business trip and I was exhausted and I didn't want the house to be dirty. You know, that is a huge stumbling block for me. So I'm inspired by you sharing that your mother didn't mind a mess. Cause I do think that that leaves a lot of space for kids to feel like they can be creative. But I was like, oh, it feels like too much. And then I, I sort of gave in is really what my attitude was. I did not have the best attitude. I was exhausted. <laughs> yeah, no, I hear. And I, you know, I've definitely had days like that. I mean, there's definitely days where I'm like, no, okay, this is my territory. I can't, I can't cope today. <laughs> yes. You know? <laughs> yeah. I was definitely having one of those moments. And he came to me and said, he was really upset. So I followed him. I actually went to him now that I'm thinking about it. And he was like, I just, I don't want Oliver to be the only one who cooks. I want to cook like you too. And it was such a like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize you cared or that this was even interesting to you. But Oliver's a baker at their ages. That's really easy to kind of take off the training wheels and say, okay, go, you can make pancakes or you can bake on your own. Savory stuff feels more complicated and involved to me. And that's what Isaac's more interested in. So he just needed to give me that little signal, you know, Hey, I want to do this. Like I'm ready. I've been soaking it in. Well, and that's kind of sweet because maybe, you know, that can be the differentiating part of this is that he's the, he's the salad guy or he's the pasta guy, or he's the, you know, steak guy or whatever it is. He would love to be the steak guy every (laughs) meal. Is there meat in this? Where's the meat? I don't see the meat. And maybe what I need to do is hand over your book, Prep the Essential College Cookbook. Katie, this is out already? Yep. It's Where out. can people buy they it? They can buy it at local bookstores, which I'm a big fan of. And of course, Yay. Amazon. I think it's on Target online. I'm sure it's on Barnes & Noble. The usual, the usual places. And give yourself a little plug because this made a pretty fantastic list recently, oh, didn't it? Oh my gosh. I cried. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. It was um, it was included in Food and Wine's top cookbooks for spring or cookbooks they're most excited about for spring. My little book um, amongst all these sort of cooking giants. So I was super delighted and well, well deserved. Thank you, Megan. And I love this book so much and hope that everybody will run out and get it. It really doesn't have to be just for college students, although I think it makes a great graduation gift. Yeah. That I, I, high school graduation or college yeah, graduation. I think even eighth grade. I mean, then then they're they're yes. home, you know, during those high school years, and there's parents there to buy ingredients and oversee, you know, the pot on the stove and the knife in the hand. Um, I think that's also a great way time to start. Yeah, or do like Megan and hand it over to your partner exactly. if you feel like you need some more help in the kitchen. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Katie, thank you so much for being with us today. We love having you on the podcast. And now you've been on season one and season two. Yay, I feel honored. Yeah, I love, so, I love all right. I love this And actually, show. we have a we have an episode in mind for season three, Back to School. Ooh. So you 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 all might hear Katie again oh, soon. Man. We love having you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this reheated episode of Didn't I Just Feed You? If you want more from us, be sure to join our listeners community. You can go to didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. There you can find all the details about becoming a supporting member of the podcast, get bonus episodes, 
recipe access, direct access to us. Also follow us on Instagram where we are at Didn't I Just Feed You. A huge thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Megan. Stay sane and well-fed until next week. Subscribe on iTunes or leave us a review.